it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. If you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Uh, big thanks to Derek of Banker Six Clan. And our featured patrons, Gas Station Tuna. God, I love that name. <laughs> Sue's Mom. I don't probably want to eat it, but I, I love the name. Sue's Mom, Runner Casher, The Truck, Jay Hools, Jay Schulz, Little Miss Sunshine, Whiskey, AWOL, Sackishness, The Fours Awakens, and our new patrons, MP Dreyer, Fishing Kitty, Windland Bunch, Jasper E., and Hockey Mom 92. All right. Well, let's jump right into show 258. We're going to welcome to the show Kevin DeVizia. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey. Gary, Jesse. Glad you're on board tonight. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about teaching, and uh, we've got to hear about your, your latest trip, too. So we'll get to that here in a couple minutes, but... Wanted to bring you on board also uh, during the news. I will hit the button because I want you to, to comment on it as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Ooh, breaking news. Oh, so I can do it tonight? Nah. That, I think that, Derek's falling asleep. Oh, no. Gary just spilled the beans. I've been told that There's I can no breaking news tonight. Oh, he got pulled out. See, he was going to do breaking news and he got in trouble for it because there's nothing to announce tonight. Gary, stop it. We're not going to let him back in. Oh, he's back. Look, <laughs> you, uh, nothing was, tonight. That's right. I was told that I can't do that. No. Even though there's a giant vat over here to my to my left, they're just waiting. I'm, I'm supposed to pick them up and move them somewhere. So I figured I'd spill it tonight. But no, I, apparently I'm told, I've been told by my handlers that it has to be next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Which I think it's still too early, but you're going to do it anyway. So. <laughs> we got to get it. We got to get, we got to spill those beans. So yes, eventually. Yes. That is true. All right. So we're gonna do um, we're gonna do just the regular news here. 
All right. The new leaderboard challenge has been out now. Mm -hmm. Reached the peak. Uh, we'll see how you guys are doing. I know that Kevin's probably doing pretty well because I think he had a pretty big week. Of yeah, casual. one one good trip will get you. Well, pretty you good. can only do so well for a month, right? That's true. That's it. Yeah. Have you looked at yours, Kevin? I have. Um, but if you had to quiz me right now on how many I have, I have no idea. That's okay. <laughs> That's all You're right. You're going to bring it up, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I And I'll get y'all's opinion on this. It's um, So the challenge begins with our first mountain, which is Poonchak Jaya, mm -hmm. the highest peak in Oceania. <clears throat> You find caches and adventures to earn up to two souvenirs, the Poonchak Jaya Base Camp and Poonchak Jaya Summit souvenirs. And if you're wondering, I Googled the, the correct American way to say it, which was Poonchak. If you're in another country, you probably say it different. But here in the South, we call it Poonchak Jaya. <laughs> Anyway, so get to the top before time is up when the leaderboard resets on September 6th, 2021. What are y'all's thoughts on the leaderboard, monthly leaderboard that keeps resetting every month? I like it. Obviously, people will cheat, but we don't care about those people. Right. Um, for the people that are being honest, it's pretty neat because it gets you to do something every month for the next several months, right? If you're doing it the right way, Yeah. Um, you can't like just go out and do a road trip and take care of the whole promotion, which right. happens too often to me. I'll not even realize I forget about a promotion and then we'll go out to a mega event and then you come back and you're like, oh, I forgot and did the whole thing and you didn't get to play with it. Right. So um, I like this one because you can't accidentally finish out the whole thing in one weekend. Right. Each summit peak is a different month, yeah, which is kind of cool. Each month. So, just for example, Eric. He's sitting at the top waving a flag, <laughs> but he can't go to the next mountain. Nope. Can't go any further. And he's it's, and the, it's the eighth, and he's already sort of – he's at the top of this mountain. He can kind of sit there and, you know, hand out coffee to the rest of us while we – Kevin, we, you just went on a trip, right? So you, I'm sure you got everything for the first phase, but you didn't blow the whole thing out, so you still have something to play with. And that's exactly it. And that, that seems to happen like – almost every time when they release one of these is that right. it's, it falls in line with when I do one of my biggest trips and I forget that you're even having it. And all of a sudden you come back and the whole thing is done. Um, I, I don't know what I have. I, I know I was over 50,000 at some point in there and uh, I'm sure I slowed down after, uh, I don't know, 50, I don't know, could be over 60 now or something, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. Because yeah. I could go over a hundred thousand and it'd start all over again. So exactly. everybody gets a piece of the pie, I guess, right? Yeah, I like know. that a lot. It's unique, and I, I kind of, I think I kind of like this one. Yeah, because of the fact that it's. I mean, um, we did, of course, our the geocache geocache talk. We did a leaderboard beta for HQ. Mm -hmm. um, one of the first to do that. Others have done as well to help, you know, do some of the beta work for these kind of things. <clears throat> And we didn't reset. We just kept going, which I that think early that on, one, though, that was still in the very beginning. Yeah. And, and, but in that one, I think <clears throat> lent itself to doing it that way. Oh, it did. It did. So. But 
it was fun and it was early in the beginning of this and people were hadn't really done a bunch of them yet. So right. it was neat just to get to see a new leaderboard and a way to interact with geocaching and they've evolved it every since then, you know, yeah. ever since then they've, it's evolved every single time they've tried something a little different, you know, I still would like to see more with those digital souvenirs that they had on, was that mm-hmm. mystery at the museum or yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever it was called mystery at the museum. Different souvenirs. And they've done it a few times where, it, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many possibilities with that on what they could do, like for checking on old caches and doing all kinds of stuff they could do on the game board, you know, um, even yeah. FTF eventually there's yeah. a way, yeah. to, you know, I know that they don't officially do that, no. but they give it a digital souvenir on a cache when it first comes out. And after the first person claims it is gone or whatever. Right. So there's a lot of things they could do with the leaderboard. I don't know if they'll ever want to do it because you know, mm-hmm. You, you release something and there's always an unintended consequence when you have millions of people doing it. So I, I like the idea that they're playing around with it a lot. You remember yeah. the year that they came out with one that uh, was based on like just cash types that you were going for. Right, and right. that was my favorite of all time. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it works with a point system so much. They, they could probably make something like that work that way. But I love the way that it made you step outside maybe your comfort zone a little bit, made people go for puzzles that wouldn't typically go for puzzles yep. or go for something like, um, you know, hit earth caches. There was one that really kind of pushed you for earth caches. So there was a certain day you just wanted to get that earth cache mm-hmm. icon. Um, yeah, well, I missed any questions one. about your shirt, Kevin. I was asking the, oh. it's oh, Kevin's okay. shirt from Crystal Cafe in Iola, Wisconsin. Ooh, Wisconsin. I was just there, right? They okay, sell that so, shirt there, apparently. Yeah. So uh, here, <laughs> I got to not go backwards here. All right. So square to negative one, that's uh, I. Okay. Yeah. And then two to the third power is eight. And this guy here is a capital S in Greek. That's the Greek letter sigma for yep. summation. So I ate some pi. And, and it, it was, was good. good. <laughs> That's great. I like that one. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Well, you are Captain Math, so I mean, it's you know. almost like you're a math teacher when you wear math jokes for some <laughs> shirts. I'm just yeah, throw that out there for you. I Fun never stop being that. a math teacher. You never stop being a math teacher, Jesse. That's right. <laughs> Jesse knows it. She he remembers those days mm-hmm. of of we learning all use math, math every day. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in the school system now, so he kind of yeah. I am. I'm not a teacher, but I am in the school system. You're so. in the system. I'm in the uh, system. I always figured I'd be in the system. <laughs> yeah, you would. Some system. Some system, anyway. <laughs> General population. Right. Uh, okay, so wrapping this up. Um, yeah, found it's, if you just find a generic cache, it's 325 points. Mm-hmm. Multis are 600 currently <laughs> for this month. Uh, Adventure Lab caches are 350. Uh, Earth caches are 450 and mysteries are 500. So, and uh, where it goes are 10,000. Apparently, they forgot to put it up there, but uh, they're actually 10,000 points. So, uh, okay, automatic automatic win. I think <laughs> maybe next month. Okay, maybe next month. Yeah. All right. Um, so the winner we had we crossed <clears throat> 2,000. We're at 2010, I think, right now uh, for subscribers but um definitely if you're not um you can like and subscribe at any time we appreciate the you know you doing that um i don't think i have the little icon anymore i used to have a little intro like and subscribe button thing but that's okay you get the idea 
Um, but we had uh, a winner. Uh, Random.org has shined down upon Grant. Geocaching username is Screechy Bird. So, Grant, you are the winner of the Gadget Talk coin. Woohoo, Grant! <laughs> Yay! That's right, yeah. Yeah. Screechy so, Bird. Screechy Bird. So he won. Which is a great a name. Lot of, a great geocaching name. It yeah, is. isn't that great? We had a lot of entries. We appreciate everybody who put <laughs> in the entries for that. Um, we appreciate everybody subscribing. Um, you know, once we get to the next milestone, we might maybe we'll give away another coin. Who knows? So um, anyway, it, it happened on Gadget Talks podcast. So that's the, the coin we're going to give away for that. So and just to be clear, again, it was totally random. It's not because he's like from my hometown or anything like that. Oh, is he? Throwing that out there. He is from my area. Yeah. Oh, I did I not no set idea. that up though. So, no, you had no idea. I didn't. Just because he's a nice guy. I did not set that up. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> Yeah, completely. I mean, like I said, it was completely random, and he was, you know, he was the the person that random.org picked, and so I just grabbed him, you know, grabbed his email and sent it, put it in there. So it's funny right. though because there's an odd connection, which we won't even say on the show because I didn't get permission to do it to this topic. Oh, really? Wow. Behind the scenes, yeah. We'll talk about it, Kevin, after the show, but I didn't get permission ahead of time to say it, so because I didn't know he won. So yeah, <laughs> I just threw that in today. Uh, but uh, all right, enough news. Let's get into teaching geocaching. And let's start with, again, Kevin's with us tonight. Uh, Captain Math, is that correct? That's your uh, GC? That is. That is. <laughs> and I, I would really hope that means you're a math teacher. Otherwise, there's some weird things going on. You know, it was, uh, I, Captain came from uh, way back. Uh, I grew up uh, as a big Captain Kirk fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that kind of started there. The thing was that that kind of went away after a while. I, in high school, I was a math tutor, uh, tutor for other students, a lot of my peers. And uh, they started calling me Captain Calculus. I didn't ask for that one. <laughs> they, they just did that. But uh, so that started to become the underpinnings of uh, what would later become a geocaching career name, I guess. And uh, the weird part is, and I, it's possible that one of my former students now doing some caching might actually be in the audience today. So mm -hmm. Ryan, if you're out there, um, the thing is that uh, we, uh, he was a ringleader of a group that I don't know still today why they chose to call me. Uh, the captain, but uh, <laughs> I, they called their teacher the captain that year, and I just bit my tongue. I didn't tell them that, that like I was always the captain or captain calculus in earlier years and stuff like that. Later, I became a geocacher. I decided to call myself Captain Math. The, that part makes all sense. Um, and it was uh, years later that I got to spring it on my former students uh, that uh, actually they happened on my actual nickname from the past that way but yeah captain math was a easy one so when people started uh creating their geocaching names and had to change them i never had to change my geocaching name it was it was what it was that's perfect yeah yeah now um you've been teaching many years you look young but you've been Thank teaching you. 34 years is that right 30, yeah i had uh, i have 34 years in 
Um, I've been actually retired now for a little over a year. So oh, okay, I, cool. I retired, right. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> it was a tough call. I mean, I, we had no idea when, um, I was, uh, writing that, uh, resignation letter that the uh, pandemic was coming. I turned yeah. in my letter right at the end of February. Think about that. Cause you oh, know, when wow. the pandemic set in, yes. so I turned in that letter and, um, it was, uh, like right after that, I was finding out that everybody was going home. We weren't going to be able to teach them in person for a while. All yeah. of a sudden, we learned that we weren't going to be able to teach them in person at all. Uh, and that yeah. meant that I wasn't going to be able to say goodbye to anybody. So oh, that was yeah. how my career ended pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, That's tough. But hopefully you'll get to see some once in a while. We'll get into <clears throat> other your other teaching gigs that you've got now. But yes. um before we do, um, I guess kind of give people some of your geocaching chops. You've been around about actually before before even I started. So you started in 2005. Is that right? Very late 2005. I got my uh, first GPS for Christmas uh, for a guy who teaches geometry, taught geometry every year I was a teacher. Mm. Um, I have a terrible sense of direction. <laughs> and uh, But with that GPS, I was Superman, right? So. Exactly. Um, you know, I could find my way around Pittsburgh or something like that, you know, yeah. crazy roads there. And uh, uh, the uh, the GPS was a real uh, a saver. The thing was, though, that you guys know that when a guy gets a Christmas present, he needs something fun to do with it right away, right? I mean, you're not going to go out and get lost to have fun with your G- with your uh, Christmas present. Yeah. So um, I had learned a little previously that it was a crazy activity called geocaching. I set up an account. I found my first cache in Pennsylvania. Then I found my second cache the next day in New York. Then I found my third cache in New Jersey. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, the great thing about living at the tri-state, right? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I could have found all three of them in one day if I, <laughs> yeah. they're all out there waiting for me. No, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we were talking before the show about <clears throat> <laughs> the early days and uh yeah. of course those days fortunately are behind us and we can find more and um yeah, a we lot can, more a lot more what's <laughs> interesting though something where we really want to we're, we're going to focus on tonight a couple of different things one obviously is uh kevin's teaching of geocaching but also uh he just went on a trip and so if we can let's start with the trip and then we'll okay. come back and sort of focus more on uh, how people can teach because I think people all would like to do it. I think that they're always kind of hesitant as to, you know, I don't really think I could do it or there's a lot of different things. A lot of, a lot of frequently asked questions. I think we're going to get in the chat room about teaching um, and where you could teach geocaching. Cause I know you've got uh, a couple of different ideas and different things you've yeah. done that are kind of maybe a little different for than folks uh, maybe are used to, but you went all the way out to the Disneyland of geocaching. If I understand yes. correctly, we have a few people in the chat room that uh, <clears throat> wanted to congratulate you on coming all the way out to um, the, what we call the, um, the Disneyland of geocaching. Um, Gia was out there. Ah, Hey Gia. Uh, so she's in the chat room, uh, and uh, I saw way up here at the top. Let me find him. 
How about that guy right there, Mr. Oh Tricassius? Oh, my gosh, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to thank you for coming out, doing the Geo Tour and Gilby. So is Gilby really that great? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's so many great places to go geocaching, but Gilby is distinctive. I think the thing about Gilby mm-hmm. is that – and I'm still kind of like – digesting what exactly happened out there. But um, he has an amazing, Chad has an amazing capacity to not just build, but to get ideas and create experiences that will entertain. And I'm not trying to, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like compare one person's gadget caches against another. Of course, you know, I'm friends with WV Tim who does some great stuff. And in fact, actually his name is going to come up probably at some point because uh, he was sort of the, uh, uh, one of his caches, my favorite WV Tim cache probably figured into one of the things that we did this past summer with kids. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that, um, Everyone has their own style. So I've been asked a few times since I've been back uh, about comparisons between WV Tim, who everybody where I live knows. Sure. And, we all um, know. Yeah. you know, WV Tim, big fan of the show. And Tricassius, uh, who um, is, <laughs> I have to admit, is a relative unknown. I had no idea that this was even a thing. I mean, yeah. worldwide, ge- if I could say that, right? Sure. Worldwide geocaching, uh, our group. Um, there were people posting up in there and that's how I learned about it. And it was like, I wanted to go to New York, Dakota anyway, because for the silly, stupid reason that I had fewer fines in North Dakota than any of the other States. So um, I want to put that over the top. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but now all of a sudden there's a good reason to go out there. So we get out there and here you are in this beautiful farmland that I, there's like, nobody around and right. uh, uh <laughs> I, it's it, it's what we love it's what we love when we travel yeah and uh so we're already off to a good start but then you start hitting his caches and his caches are so that what makes them unique i think as a set is that they're so widely varied that um you can't get in one mindset when you're doing his caches ah um, oh, you know, there, there's certain styles that certain ones have, you know, some of them would be, they would rely on subterfuge or on, um, you know, uh, red herrings or stuff like that. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from one cache to the next with him. And it's like, you know, you might do one that you might find really easy, but let's say your caching partner, in my case, my wife you know, might not find that easy. But on the other hand, she would like really get into other caches. And here I think is the the coolest thing mm-hmm. I can say about Gilby caches is that not what it did for me, but my wife is a self-declared muggle. Those are my friends who are out <laughs> here. Uh, no, she'll, she'll say, I am not a geocacher. I am not a geocacher. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, she was the most geocaching geocacher ever out mm-hmm. there in Gilby. She just lit up and, um, you know, she, she was, uh, I, I couldn't get first to the caches. She was going after him right away. And oh, uh, she had cool. a blast. She loves building stuff like that. She loves the creative thought 
And um, what I think I really, really liked is the diversity in the types of thinking he has in all the different caches. So don't you think for a second you're going to go out there and do like a couple of caches. Right. And now you're going to kind of get in the mindset, right? Like when I solve puzzles, once you get in someone's mind, yes. you know, I mean, you know what I mean, right? You kind of um, know, yeah. You're not, you're not going to do that with his. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so he's he's uh, uh, got some different thoughts involved. It, <laughs> I, I don't know how much more I can say because I really, really, I hate the idea of uh, spoiling anything. There. Oh, no, we don't do that. But no, we wouldn't yeah. want to spoil it. And we've never interviewed anybody that said Gilby was just okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a single person. Everybody has just raved about it. I couldn't find it. I, oh, here it is. Uh, no, I can't. I, uh, but somebody mentioned that your wife, the, the, they they said that they that, that they could tell she really enjoyed the whole the whole trip. So um, so that that is awesome. Yeah. Um, and oh, I did want to mention. Yes. Yes. Uh, Chad says it sounds like she, she got hooked. Um, I do want to uh, wrap up our, our talk about um that area uh with uh there is an event coming up september 25th mm -hmm. do you want us to make sure uh and mention well she didn't she's put in the chat room but i wanted to mention yeah that everyone's welcome to come to gc9 c as in container zero five v as in virtual so gc9 c zero five v is the event it's on September 25th uh, up in that uh, area of uh, our world. Grand Forks. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> again, that's just great that you got to go. I mean, really a lot of people have it now on their bucket list. Um, and that is uh, wonderful that people are um, thinking about, going there now i mean yes. between you know your your posts facebook posts and some mm -hmm. others and joshua's videos and hopefully we've been able to be a little bit of a uh, a champion and a cheerleader as well for that area because um the other thing too about it that i can talk about because i haven't been there and seen the incredible caches i've met the incredible people Mm -hmm. that live up there you know whiskey i've met you know gia and chad lots of different people from the from north dakota and um just incredible individuals just incredible people and that means a lot to me that those are the people that um oh yeah the geotour yep i was gonna say that too i yeah. we, we get that yeah, yeah. Get you really like you said, it, um, quality people just salt yeah. the earth, you know. And like you said, it was a, it was an epic trip, and you, you we don't want to throw that around, but you're like, we want to, you know, it really was, and it that's was. why I think it qualifies as epic. I think you can put it in that category now. Anybody that's kind of in the know now, uh, Gilby has to be on their bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we Gilby. Yeah, we got to you know, um, I I got to really spend a little bit of time with them. I wish we could have spent more with them when we were at Mingo Madness, but um, it was neat to see them and um, talk with the North Dakota 
contingent that came to Mingo Madness, and that was wonderful to see them. So um, anyway, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that part of, of it, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin. And that was – and um, North Dakota, we, we love you guys and gals and everything. So love it, love it. <laughs> uh, let's – Let's talk a little bit about um, and the, the reason the how this kind of came about was I saw and I, I and Jesse and I don't get on Facebook a whole lot, but periodically I'll pop on there and look around and I saw um, some of your posts and that's what sort of spurred me to contact you and say, I think this would be a great show uh, to talk about. Uh, we have talked about this oh, a few years ago. Uh, Jesse's friend, who also teaches uh, and does uh, geocaching club, was mm-hmm. is wonderful. And I felt like this was a good time to to bring this topic back to the forefront. Um, but I guess <clears throat> give people uh, a general sense of the 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 teaching aspect that you have been given that you are have been providing for geocaching and then we'll get into the, the details, but okay. how did you get started teaching geocaching? And in a general sense, um, how has that been going for you and how do you feel like it's been, you know, received? Uh, frankly, it's, it's gone great. I mean, okay. I, I'm in, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about being able to talk about geocaching and sharing it with mm-hmm. folks, but uh, um, it really started with our local group, Tri-State Geocachers here in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, and uh, s- many events that we held here. And frankly, we did a lot of uh, online workshops. We did a lot of, uh, uh, we actually had a regular event, uh, Geotech U, that we were teaching best uses of technology oh, um, cool. in geocaching. Um, that we haven't done now in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of people could say that with the pandemic, but the yeah. thing is that um, uh, the teaching aspect hasn't gone away, and there's still things that people want to know about this great hobby that we have. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, sometimes it's like getting people started in it. We've seen a lot of new people get going because they came out and went to one of these workshops and started learning about. Uh, hey, this this is something that we can do. And it, I think you probably all had this conversation before. You see people start geocaching, but they don't know what they're doing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it, if only someone could start them off right, you, you'd hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we've done well here is that uh, – you know, they hear the things they need to hear at the beginning mm. so that they're not making the mistakes later that kind of mess up a geocache or trackables or things like that. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's not it, I'm not taking all the credit for that. I mean, you know, we have a, a supportive group in our area that uh, reaches out and helps uh, new people rather than blistering them for. Uh, making mistakes or that sort of thing, you're going to make mistakes when you're sure. new at anything, right? Right. Um, but uh, they've been real supportive of that sort of thing. So in the events that we hold, you know, we uh, let people in on this great thing. But um, how that led to this, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. is that we would continue that by having um, workshops. 
And some of these workshops have been held at this place called the Brandwine Nature Learning Preserve. Okay. Uh, the Brandwine Institute in our area is dedicated to science and environmental education for uh, kids and families in the area. And I've really gotten into supporting them even before um, uh, I had retired or anything. I, I was well involved with their efforts. They do great programs for the whole family, for uh, families, for kids, that sort of thing. They do an awesome summer camp, which those photos that you saw, that's what was going on. I was uh, part, I, I've been a regular part of their summer camp. Yeah, there we yeah, go. There's a shot. Uh, <laughs> yep. Audio listeners will kind of fill in the blanks for you guys as we go. But um, yeah, so you're, you were able to do uh, some teaching. This is one of your shots of you teaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we actually, you know, we had to cap our enrollment for this, oh, but we were wow. still because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in past years, I mean, I've had like 70 kids at a time or something that would come out to this thing. Uh, this time, I think we were I think we were like 30 or 40. Um, that That's the capped enrollment. Sure. But the thing I love about what we do there is not just the geocaching, but that we give our kids in the summer something to do mm -hmm. that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford an expensive camp program. Right. And so a lot gets done with that. Geocaching then becomes this activity we can introduce to the kids and to their parents. And yeah, here, here are the kids uh, getting to do a cryptex. You know, I mean, the these cryptex. are kids who have never done a geocache before. Right. <laughs> it's their first day doing a geocache. And here they are uh, solving a cryptex. Oh, that's um, awesome. And oh, yeah. And to watch their faces light up. They're oh, so thrilled to do that. That aha moment that you all have, like when you solve a puzzle or something yes. like that. These kids love finding these things and, and breaking these things open not breaking them open. You know what, you I, know mean. what I mean? Yeah. 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 But uh, uh, you know, to be able to have such a great place like the brain wide nature learning preserve uh, that has like interpretive signs around, it has mm -hmm. other things to observe and to measure and that sort of thing. And these are all things that I can connect mm -hmm. with geocaching. So that cryptex that you saw right there, they had a code word in it right. uh, that you can't tell what it is there. I hope, mm -hmm. hope you can't. But anyway, that uh, nearby, what you can't see is an interpretive sign, and they had to basically count out a certain word on there with eight uh -huh. letters in it. And those that word was the keyword that would open that. But they had to read the sign to be able to do that. They'll so, save that one. Save that one. Okay. Not that one yet. Um, let me ask you real quick, just um, as we kind of break down the pieces of this tonight too, Kevin, for everybody to, because I know, you know, I think all three of our goals tonight is to really be able to get people to embrace this wherever you are in the world. Mm -hmm. so we have listeners in 20 plus countries. So um, for us in the U.S., is that um, preserve, is that considered a state? Park or how did you get involved with contacting or 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 working with the preserve? They more reached out to me um, okay. as a teacher in the area. Um, you know, they would be connected with the schools. So uh, my own school, Delaware Valley 
school district. Hey, I got the word in. And um, the Port Jervis School District and so on. Um, so there are teachers that would be connected with Brandwine through that. I just stayed connected with them and got to keep on working with them. And, uh, you know, for people who are passionate about teaching uh, the things that uh, Brandwine focuses on, it's, it's a great program. I'm not, I hope I can say this too, but I guess mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, our group, the Tri-State Geocachers, yeah. has been actively supportive of them as well. We've held CETO events there oh, cool. that help oh, yeah. uh, clean up the trails, uh, you know, rebuild them each year and so on, uh, do some other work there that helps get the uh, preserve up to snuff so that we can start to do those summer programs, those fall programs, this, the uh, Sundays at the preserve programs that they do that are open to families. So, um, so many, so many good things. So tri-state geocachers, uh, you know, that's kind of helped foster that relationship there that we've been able to do things that have benefited them. And the part that I tell my uh, fellow geocachers all the time is that, the only my only regret is that they only get to see in pictures mm -hmm. the value of the work that they do, the difference they make in the lives of kids and families in our area. Right. Yeah, there's it's <clears throat> it's one of those things where you have to have a little faith in the intangibles that mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. you're putting into these kids is going to pay off in various ways down the road. I mean, it's like, it's, you, you know, you've, you experienced that as a teacher, Yeah. you know, you, you, you poured your life into the, the, the kids and you hope when they go out the door, you know, at the, at the end of the end, you know, end of their school and onto the next school or wherever they're going, um, that your, you know, the teaching that you've done will carry on. Right. Um, so for something like you've got, like you have that, preserve but i think the message and correct me if i'm wrong or reiterate or uh what i'm trying to say is that we might anywhere in the world maybe not everywhere in the world but most places in the world we all might have a place close by that is not maybe a preserve but maybe it's still it's a state park or somewhere that a, people can partner with what's that yeah somebody to partner yeah, with right. so I think that we just don't maybe take the time or, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, um, maybe it is, maybe it's just a city park that you could get involved with. Um, I, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities, especially like you said, um, in the aspects of the summer teaching, um, I think is available for everybody to be involved in. Right. 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 Absolutely. In fact, actually, through the Sundays at the Preserve program, I mean, that would be the same throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I did a program, th this one, I don't know if I should be saving this or something, but uh, I did a program with a library oh, uh, that's cool. about two hours away. And this is where the creativity kind of comes in, because when you go into a library, you have different things at your disposal to work with. And so when we do this, boy, I'm fortunate to have my wife help uh, with this and some of the caches she creates because it's like we put our heads together. How can we take advantage of the fact that we've got a library with a 
some pretty decent grant money. It was mm -hmm. uh, Germantown, New York, right. and uh, they um, had uh, uh, some good tech in there to work with some really good Wi-Fi. And uh, we put together a set of geocaches that were specific to their area. But oh, cool. the teaching part of it was specific to a library. So the kids were learning library science and oh, geocaching neat. at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of it is that, you know, I'm not just teaching geocaching. Yes. I'm using geocaching to teach the kids something else as well. Yeah. So, well, definitely That's we'll get great. into those some of okay. those aspects too here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> I do want to ask you, and then I, know, I think Jesse had a question about. I want to ask you, or I noticed in the chat room, if you could comment on. Uh, Neil says that he wants you to bring back something called Geotech U. Yeah, that was our event that uh, I, when I was uh, still teaching at Delaware Valley, um, our, our and running the geocaching club for mm -hmm. students there. Uh, we actually used classroom space on a Saturday and uh, we brought in great geocache speakers to speak on different topics. So it was just like a professional conference, except it didn't cost anything. People sure. would come in and they would get to choose which sessions they would go to. So we might offer, uh, gee, I have to think back a little bit now. We would offer, let's say, a Cashly workshop alongside in parallel with let's say a GeoGo workshop, mm -hmm. which of course GeoGo wasn't a thing at the time, right? Uh, but whatever. So they'd learn some tech that way. They would learn how to uh, make good use of their GPS devices. So we might have things in parallel there. We would do puzzle uh, teaching. Uh, we have mm -hmm. a, uh, I mean, I like to do a lot of the puzzle teaching, but also I have a good friend from Ithaca, Jennifer Kidder, Team AJK, who would come down and she would uh, uh, do amazing workshops. She's oh, a cool. great teacher of puzzle solving uh, and puzzle creation down in oh, the yeah. area. So um, we've had Jennifer on before back in the day. Oh, okay. I'm not surprised. You should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jennifer's great. She, uh, <clears throat> she's a, she's a great, uh, a, we, we need to have her on again sometime, but we, yeah, we had her on a few times, even back, Back in my <clears throat> cash and release days, we were we'd talk with Jennifer, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's I, I like that aspect that that I think people don't think about the fact that there's different ways to approach it, not mm -hmm. just. Well, you're really talking about two different sides of it, though. One, you're teaching geocaching; the other one, you're using geocaching to teach other topics. I think that's it's really you know they're kind of similar, but you're teaching different aspects and um i think that's fascinating uh, and you know you being a teacher we're going to kind of get into it anyway but you being a teacher and we've talked to other teachers that have used geocaching before and maybe a bunch of teachers your colleagues used it also but I, i've found it extremely rare that teachers are using geocaching to teach different topics and i've always kind of wondered why i know it's a lot of work obviously it's you know there's already tons of stuff going on but and you got to really plan ahead to do a lot of these lessons. But I guess, have you, are, did your colleagues do it as well? Or were you the only one, the only weirdo teacher in your school doing it? Uh, I, I'm just the weirdest one, but no, there's, uh, I, I do have colleagues that have done geocaching. I, gee, I was just on the phone with one of them uh, earlier today, who's uh, still teaching there, uh, a newer geocache in the area. I, I got to say this, I suppose. I think one of the um, roadblocks to 
teachers getting involved in geocaching to a to a significant level right. is that uh, you know geocaching is something that can really suck up your time, suck up your energy, but teaching absorbs all of you. I mean, geocaching is nothing compared to being a teacher when it comes to um, the effort, the enthusiasm, the love that you put into it. And uh, mm -hmm. my colleagues and and other ge and other teachers that are out there, um, when that teaching year gets going, it's like you know, there's not often not time to take on something new uh, at all. I mean, and it's a sad thing because it's exactly what teachers need, but the, the type of job that you have doesn't really typically give you the time to do your job. Um, so you're basically doing your job during the time that everybody else would have a chance to kind of relax for a second. You right. never relax. You're never done. And so um, I, I do think that that's a big part of it is that uh, there'd be definitely more teachers that would do it, I think, if they had the time to do sure. it. And, and you're talking about teachers geocaching. Did you have many teachers using geocaching in the classroom? Oh, uh, no, very few, because that's a, uh, that's, that's a little bit more of a, of a, a step, a little, um, a little bit of a reach. The closest thing that we got, Jesse, to that, I think, is um, the College Board's AP program. You guys familiar with it? I'm, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, so advanced placement classes and so on started to sprout in lots of different areas. And there was one called Human Geography that came out. And um, it was a class that was making AP college level courses available to kids in ninth and 10th grade. Oh, wow. And yeah. uh, the thing was that um, my a good teaching friend of mine, who uh, was the first to teach that at Delaware Valley, came running to me one day opened up his book in front of me and here it was on page, I don't know, I'm going to make up a number 23. It was early in the book. And right. here is a page all about geocaching <laughs> in the textbook. In the textbook. A brand, this is a brand new textbook nice. specifically right. written for that. So it was there and uh, you know, it was like, yeah, now, now Mike's going to come out geocaching with me. Well, uh, you know, Mike has a million things on his plate that he has to do as well. So, um, yeah, that's it. I, uh, you, you have to get into it, um, really get into it or, you know, you're just not going to have the time. It's, it's going to get choked out of you. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. so retired teachers getting into geocaching, that's a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so what, what various structures, have you done or would you or or would you suggest for the summertime programs and we'll i want to get into <coughs> some different things you can do during that pro those programs but what do you think that a um for somebody to just kind of get in just get started do you think that they could just set up maybe a saturday at a park kind of thing or what are, or do you think that they need to try to partner with some other organization or what, what do you think is the best way for folks to kind of get started from the teaching side of it? You know, if, if you're fortunate like I was to have 
uh, an organization, an umbrella to work under, right. you know, the, uh, the Brandwine organization to get that going. It wasn't like I was starting with having to do administration or something to get a camp program going. Yeah. That's so much work just doing that. Um, you know, when I go in and do what I do, I can just focus on creating great lessons and uh, work on teaching and that sort of thing and don't have to worry about like, uh, you know, collecting money and figuring out who's coming and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, you give me kids and I get to play. But uh, I think what I would do is uh, I'd probably outside of something like that, I'd look to start small. I mean, work maybe through your own um, continuing ed program in the school. Most schools have something like that where oh, uh, over the summer that you could do something like that with kids. And it could be open not just to kids. It could be open to families. Sure. So look at the groups that you – look at the machinery you already have in place in your school districts okay. to be able to do something like that. And then offer a program that – Pick something that you're going to be enthusiastic about, because if right. you're not going to be enthusiastic about it, you're not going to win anybody over to it, you know. Um, so uh, it could be something as simple as just teach them geocaching. I yeah. mean, it's like when I say teach them geocaching, teach them what it is, give them the chance to have an <laughs> aha moment and get out there and uh, let them find some things. Give them the good instruction at the beginning but don't talk for an hour. Yeah. Um, let them get out there and just experience this love of geocaching and then build on that as you go. Um, and if it's possible, uh, my best success has typically been when I can have the family members and the kids at the same time. Right. So if mom and dad can be there, mom or dad can be there with them. Well, they're getting to hear about what are the things I need? Where can I go geocaching? That sort of thing. I mean, you're not going to be able to deal with all that with a seven-year-old kid or something like that, sure. you know? Um, right. But if you can, if you can somehow reach the whole family, then mm -hmm. you can give them a life-changing activity that's going to stop them from living off of video games and TV and movies and stuff like that. Right. And instead, get outside and experience the world we live in and learn from the world we live in. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I uh, had good advice about, like you said, was uh, I did do one with um, – it was um, – was asked to be part of – was uh, – um, it was uh, scouts were, were got mm. together. And, yes. and um, one of the things though, that like you said, I, I planned ahead is I spoke for five minutes, which <laughs> was, probably five, was probably three minutes too long, but <laughs> I gave five minutes of here's the, here are the basics. And then I said, all right, and pick up all, pick, pick your stuff up. And let's go. Because we, we, when we had it, we could walk to uh, a couple of caches and, uh, I think I surprised them a little bit. I think they were like sat down and they're like, Oh great. We're going to go through all this, you know? And, and when I told them five minutes in, I told the parents this already. So they, they were not surprised. I was like, all right, that's it. Let's go. And they're like, you know, they were so happy too. <laughs> they were so happy. Do an hour lecture and they're like, I oh, don't want to hear this guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, I would try to be pretty animated for five minutes, but yeah, definitely. It was like, they were like, what I was like, that's it. That's all you need. Let's go do it. And so then 
like you're like you would say, Kevin, is that I could then basically kind of continue the, the 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 teaching of it as we go. And also when we get to a cache, I could kind of explain to them. Um, but I, I think the other part too that like yours is to get out and to get get going and let them kind of figure th- you know, let them put exactly a, let them put a you know, put the put the GPS in their hand and go, okay, you know, where are we going? You know, and when they when they started, of course, we, we started walking, and of course they're thinking beeline, because they're looking at the they're looking at the app and they're going, We're going straight. Well, straight was right into the building, and it's like well, we got to work around it. We can't yeah. go, you know, we could go through the building possibly, but they kind of, you know, they got to think, okay, well, we're going to go, uh, we're not going to go straight to the cache. So we got to go around this and then try to pick <clears throat> up the path again. And, you know, that's to us, we don't think twice about it. To a young kid, they are trying to process this whole thing. They're and that's a lot of tasks at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is we were all that young kid at some point, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, actually, young kids adapt much better than adults do. Oh, yeah. So so (laughs) I think the big thing is that it is that aha moment or that thing that all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and they get what they're doing and they find something there. That's what's going to keep them going like that. It's not going to be that like uh, five minute or five hour lecture or something like that. It's going to. It's going to be that they're going to experience that same feeling of aha that got us stuck in this hobby now for a while. Why do you keep I I think maybe the thing to start with is ask yourself, why do you still geocache? I mean, really, I mean, you guys have found a lot of geocaches. I found a lot of geocaches and yet we still keep doing it. Why? Why do we keep bothering to go out and do it? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, What is it that keeps us going? Let the kids experience that and uh, they'll be glued. I think one of the things you said was pretty, pretty powerful too. And we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but uh, you said that one of the things you liked is that you're giving these kids and their families basically a gift because they can take, it's not just like a weekend activity. They can do that for the rest of the time they exist as a family activity uh, and get off the couch. And that's, Yes, that's one of those huge things. And we've talked about it many times in the show, but like I have two young kids. Well, I say young, but one's in college now and the other one's going into high school. But over the last 10 or 11 years, that's what we've done as a family. And that gets us out and going. And you couldn't put a price on that gift. I would I'd pay any amount of money to, you know, to make sure that stayed a part of our life or, you know, I'm just glad it did. And I, I got lucky to be introduced to that years ago, too. And my kids were young. And I think you're giving a huge, huge gift to people. Anytime you introduce somebody and their family to geocaching, mm-hmm. that's that's the gift that I hate to say keeps on giving because that's corny, right? But uh, I mean, it they can keep that forever. They don't have to be crazy geocachers and find a hundred thousand caches. But when they get together as a family, they can always go out in the future and have that shared activity. That's you know, air quotes secret. Yes. Their secret little activity that you know millions of people play. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Being able to pay that forward. And let other families do that same thing, I think, is is really huge. Exactly. And, you know, Jesse, if I can add to that, too, one of the things that I don't think gets enough attention in what are we learning when we geocache, it's not the successes we learn from. A lot of times I don't think gets enough attention in 
Hold on, what just happened there? We <laughs> <laughs> technical difficulty. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. So, thank you. We should be good now. Anyway, um, the the failures that we have, not like that, but uh, the failures yeah. that we have when we go out and look for things, it's like, uh, you know, this should be easy. It's not here. What am I missing? And that kind of thing. Those are the sort of things that, uh, um, those are life lessons, right? Because things don't always go in life the way that we expect them to. That's a life lesson that we learned from geocaching. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, yeah, those are things you got to get out of the way and let them experience that too. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a comment. Krista mentions uh, I'm a teacher, was awarded a grant to teach geocaching this year. I'm so excited about this opportunity. Uh, Team Sonic from Virginia. So, I think would, I know her. What are some uh, okay. What are some advice you would give to her? She probably doesn't. You know, she probably has a good plan in place. But what are What are some things you would comment on as far as uh, since you're yeah, started? You come from the teaching side of things. Yeah, boy, this is tough. You know, because I, the the it would have had a you would have had to start by getting some equipment at the beginning. The thing is that now. Okay, this is going to depend on. Uh, mm. She says from Virginia, depending on where in Virginia. Okay. Um, I think the thing that happens is that uh, some areas, like our area, young kids have cell phones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like you know uh, the idea of using a handheld device as a geocacher is. I mean, it's it's getting to be a dinosaur. I hate to yeah. say it because I, I I like my organ and stuff like that, but um, I love my Cashley. And yeah, uh, the end of that. The, yeah, the thing is that uh, um, it, it's nice for them to learn with a device that they have access to. Yeah. It'd be nuts to teach them how to use a handheld GPS if they have a smartphone for that. So I think the thing is, uh, I don't know what age her kids are, but if her kids are um, like the high school age kids that I had in my program, then really where you need the money is not the first place you're going to think, but you're going to need to transport kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. if you're, you're going to have to have like a, a, some kind of a, a bus budget or something like that. And that was one thing. I, I didn't get paid for running the uh, geocaching club at our school, but I – did get to use the vans to take the kids to some cool places. Right. And that meant weekend trips sometimes. That meant after school sometimes uh, on, on closer trips. Um, that's a place that you're going to end up uh, needing the money. So I'd say these days, if if her kids are like mine, Krista's kids are like mine. Oh, the students are fourth and fifth graders. Fourth and fifth okay. graders. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, fourth and fifth graders in our area. Oh, yeah. Most of them have smartphones. Most of them have. Yeah, exactly. So, Surprise. Yeah. We forget so, that sometimes. So you really have to know the families that you're working with. And the other thing is that most of ours, uh, you know, iPhone is got a bigger market share in our area. Yeah. I'm um, sure than Androids do. So, um Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be able to try to teach that. I could tell you a little bit about why Cashly is specifically um, a useful tool in this in a little bit, if you want me to go into that. But I think in answering her question, I'd say um, it's not as much about the materials now. It's more about 
you know, the transportation, that sort of thing. And yeah. if you're talking fourth and fifth graders, you're probably needing to get help from other people to come along with you because you're not going to have one of you taking like I would take nine kids in the van with me or something. You're probably going to want to have a little different ratio. Right. Yeah. That, um, but I, I think that <clears throat> things have changed really. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember hearing uh, folks who <clears throat> had had the grant money and they were like, okay, well, how many GPSs can I get for the, for the classroom? Right. You know, mm -hmm. and those days are kind of over. And the fact that, it probably isn't smart grant money to spend on GPSs, like you're saying, GPSRs. That's right. Um, but there are plenty of different ways to to utilize that those funds and still be able to adequately teach the kids and use that grant money grant money wisely. Right. Yeah, and there's there's ways to use old cell phones and get donated cell phones. Yeah, There's a lot right. of things you can do with that too. A cell phone doesn't have to have service to be able to use it, especially with cash. That's career. right. You can use it all through the Wi-Fi, download everything. Then really, you're not really handing the kid. If it's not the age where they have a cell phone, you're not handing them a cell phone. You're handing them a wireless, basically a GPS, right? So, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There, there that's are a really powerful that. point. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, that, and, that's something you could spend the money on, right, Kevin? They could get non- you know, like you said, they're, they're basically become GPSs and, you know, yeah. I don't know how much you, um, that's I bet it. You could get some donated at the school too. Absolutely. Now, there's always people, you know, iPhones nowadays, the, the new one is the one that comes out tomorrow and the yeah, old that's one right. is the one you bought yesterday. So you yeah. can get a lot of those donated <clears throat> probably. Yeah. Don't sell those old smartphones folks. I right. Mean, Keep you know, them schools around. can use them. That's right. Good. Cause I, I think for, uh, for the teaching of kids, maybe of that age, Kevin, he, you know, uh, comment on is that you're wanting to teach that you don't really want to teach them, obviously all the aspects of Cashly or something, but you do want to teach them the aspects of what is going on. You know, yes. I'm getting a signal from a satellite. I need to know, you know, if I walk this direction, I'm walking North, therefore mm. the latitudes changing, you know, uh, you know, or longitudes changing. If I go this direction, you know, the, the whole, you know, lat long, what's going on there, you know, and how is that all working um, is so valuable for anyone because, yes. uh, you know, if you were to sit down the general public and tell them, well, you know, you're, you're using your, you know, you're using your phone to, you know, Google, you know, use Google maps, but what are you actually doing when that's happening is like i don't know that's it <laughs> i mean i think it's you, you make a great point with that one too in fact actually that's something that i do in these programs early on is that uh, we actually talk about gps i don't mean gps devices i mean gps the, that's right the system i mean you know what what are we up to like 32 or something of them uh right now that are out there sending it signal back and i actually done some hands-on things with the kids in the field that would kind of give them the experience of what it's actually doing when it's uh it's not triangulating what's the trilateration that's what i'm looking for right um that uh you get those four signals you can find out um how far you are from those satellites and figure out where you are it's an amazing thing when you realize that that's what your phone 
GPS chip, that's what your GPS device is doing. It's a little computer and all it's doing is receiving these signals uh, from satellites saying, you know, uh, we are here, we are here, we are here. And they're sending this out. Right? <laughs> exactly. And that satellite knows where it is and it knows its ID and the computer has that you hold in your hand has to resolve all that yes. to find out where you are. When the, Now, I, I wouldn't say it like that, of course, but, you know, by actually acting it out with the kids, I'll, I there might be a picture you have where there's a kid holding up a blow-up globe. Yeah. I don't know if you have that one. That's, that's a what great was, one. That's what was going on in that one. That's so we good, were yeah. talking about how all of these satellites are actually – pretty far out there too, yeah that's at a thing. good distance it's neat to, to to learn about most of us think that you know those satellites aren't very far above the earth but i'm shocked that if they can be that far out They're in very space far. and still mm -hmm. yeah. be orbiting the earth it's like why, why is that thing to spin off into space i mean how, you know what kind of gravity we got going on here you know so that's it but they uh, it has to be able to tell the difference in yeah, the distances the distance so yeah, yeah in the, the amount of time, time and distance is so important. So, and that's really only the surface level of what you can teach with geocaching, though, right? You've taught other things besides just GPS with it. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah. If you would, I, I want to say that to this point, but if you could, um, because I don't think we think about past that point. But you put in the notes some really cool um, mm -hmm. ideas that are math, science. Oh yeah, it in statistics, history, literature, library sciences. I mean, I think that blew my mind to 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 think about all those things. Is we always think about just, or at least I always initially think about the aspects of the satellite. But tell people some, go through some of the different things that you can teach kids about geocaching that sort of it might incorporate a little bit of something or else that it's like, Ooh, yeah. give me some ideas. We have a lot of educators that listen to the show. So yeah. Yeah. And they may inspire a whole new class of classes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and these teachers, uh, or the listeners right now all have access to the show notes. So if I yeah. miss something, they'll be yeah. able to see something that I missed in there. Yeah. But, they're all uh, there. One yeah. of the things that uh, obviously then is just talking about degrees and how we, have a coordinate system on our planet earth uh, that can assign numbers to different spots on there. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be cumbersome to deal with the degrees and the minutes and the seconds. And we're still living in Babylon time, you know, when we look at the units that we're using, but the thing <laughs> is that, um, you know, this, it's not a super complicated thing that numbers, a pair of numbers can be used or pairs of numbers can be used to identify all the locations on planet earth. Yeah. And uh, so that that's a big deal. So the whole idea of coordinates um, and uh, how the GPS works, as I kind of talked about, I, I got to look at my cheat sheet here because no, I know good. I'm skipping something. No, the, um, that but, part's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, oh yeah. And yeah. Um, things when it comes to like bearings and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny. I taught honors geometry for every year that I was a teacher. I had oh, at cool. least one or two sections of honors geometry and um, bearings was something that just doesn't come naturally to kids. 
but it's an important thing that they get. And so um, I would teach bearings with this. Can I actually just give a quick example of that oh, yeah, one absolutely. geocache? Because um, this actually, this is by chance to uh, connect with something I said about a WV Tim cache before, mm -hmm. and he's not gonna mind at all if I just mentioned this one amazing cache that he has where um, you uh, park uh, near some little preserve or something like that, mm -hmm. farm area or whatever, and he's got binoculars set up okay. uh, inside uh, a birdhouse, of course. And you open the thing up and he's got four of those like little address uh, digits uh, that you would buy for your house. Like reflecting um, reflector type. Yeah. Yeah. Only they don't really reflect so much. They don't stand out as much Oh, okay. Uh, because what he's doing is he puts them around in different directions from where you're standing. Some of oh. them like, you know, over 500 feet away. Oh, wow. I mean, they're okay, not meant you. to be read from that distance. <laughs> so the thing is that, uh, but you know, he's WV Tim. So yeah. he's going to have you read them and it works and it works beautifully. Here's the thing. He tells you the bearing to look at oh. and you're learning on the field bearings. Yeah. I don't, I can't tell you how many adult, <laughs> experienced geocachers didn't get bearings right and had the, but you know you do that cache and they get it and i'll tell you what my students in this program got it because i had like you know um five six seven year old kids standing there working together with one set of binoculars <laughs> um looking at this certain direction what were they using they weren't using a compass but uh one of their leaders was holding an iPhone there and they were right. using that iPhone to get the bearing and point at the spot. Electronic and now it's like thing. they would look, <laughs> there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Right. I, they start to give up. And then all of a sudden click, they see it. And that moment is pure joy as a teacher. Great and uh, also for the kids, when all of a sudden the kids all start where where is it what color is it what number is it that's right thing. so um and basically those digits end up becoming the combination unlock cash and we mm -hmm. basically recreated and adapted a wb tim cash to teach bearings to our kids and that was nothing short of just that it, it was just beautiful yeah to watch that thing happen that was a that was a great one. It might have been a fun geocache for people to go to West Virginia and do it, right. but a teaching tool like yeah. none other. So they learned they learned bearings there. That's um, good. I love you, that. You were mentioned about Ottendorf ciphers before, and you brought yeah. up that picture. Yeah, so we, we can bring the photo back up, and we can talk a little bit about. There you go. You were teaching um, uh, Ottendorf cipher, but you used something interesting as part of it so tell people explain a little bit about this this picture okay so um real quickly the idea of an ottendorf cipher is basically there's some text that uh, serves as kind of the basis for decoding something and there's numbers that the person has and if that the person it has to decode those numbers using this text now look at what you see there and you can see that it says trees so this is uh, okay, it's not word for word Joyce Kilmer's uh, trees poem. I made a little tweak to make it work. I, it's not a mistake on my part. I did it on purpose. Uh, right. Don't sue me. <laughs> but anyway, the thing is that uh, 
the way this this particular Ottendorf cipher worked, I mean, I made it, so it's mine. Yeah. Um, and uh, six six is the first thing that you see. So what you're going to do is you're going to count down to the sixth line and count over to the sixth word. So basically, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and lifts her leafy arms to pray. One, two, three, four, five, six. So the sixth word in the sixth line is the word two. Ah. Okay. Each one of these, you know, typically when you see not in dwarf cipher, it's usually triplets of numbers. I yeah. did. I did pairs. Yeah. Usually that's interesting. You did pairs because, yeah, that's going to throw, throw everyone for a little bit of a loop because you're thinking mm -hmm. of a. You're trying to think of a letter, but you didn't use letters. You used words. I used words, but you yeah. know, uh, I is that picture going to be available to the listeners yeah. afterwards? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good, because I I'm not going to spoil my own puzzle on that one, but it's kind of <laughs> cool because in this puzzle, um, when you decode those six words using the scheme that I just said, you're going to get a brief phrase that's going to tell you what you need to do or where you need to look in order to find the treasure that's oh, wow. there. That's awesome. So that's it. And that's a, a very unique way to use a very unique, you know, different, a whole completely different way to use Ottendorf than what we were normally used to. So, Oh yeah. Um, I, I, did, did you have, uh, were the kids kind of at first, like the kind kids of, loved it. And, and you know, like, yeah, they kind of go, Oh, you know, the amazing thing about it is that, you know, I love math when I was a, a student. I right. I wasn't a literature fan at all. Okay. And, you know, you're not going to get me to read a poem by Joyce Kilmer. Come, right. on. Come on. You know what? But here's the guy uh, who wouldn't read that for a class or something like that, but now has uh, these other kids um, reading it because they're reading through the whole thing. And, sure. uh they're appreciating it too because it's very fitting in the a place that you know we love the trees at Brandwine Nature Learning Preserve, you know. So sure. um so here's this very fitting poem. And when you decode it, you're gonna get a message uh that's appropriate to a certain spot, and it's gonna tell you where to find that geocache. And they loved it. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, another one that also about trees you mentioned about measuring ash trees for damage oh yes tell people how that how you work that yeah in fact actually i even worked that into our CETO event that we had done we uh oh, did some of uh that too um i'm sure some of the listeners might be uh, familiar with the emerald ash borer um it's an invasive species it's kind of beautiful looking it's bright shiny emerald bug uh, beetle-like kind of thing that uh, unfortunately feeds and preys on ash trees. And ash trees, I don't have to tell you too much about them. I mean, they're a hardwood that are um, valuable. And when you have ash forests that are threatened um, by these, you know, what these, what these ash, ash borers will do is uh, the trees will just lose all the bark. Oh, uh, wow. And if you've seen them in your own area, um, you've probably seen these ash trees that have the bark just piled up around under the tree oh, wow. and, and they're headed for extinction. Um, yeah. wow. That's it. 
and the it's possible to kind of get them back, but it's like it's incredibly expensive to the point where it's not worth it to do it. So mm -hmm. uh, research right now is to try to find, you know, how can we, um, you know, is, is there something that we can do to uh, replace it? How long does it take uh, for an emerald, uh, not an emerald tree, for an ash tree to die from that and stuff like that? So basically um, what we were doing was we were uh, having um, them measure the diameter of a tree Mm -hmm. um, they were measuring, excuse me, the circumference of the tree, uh, sure. course, you know, pi times diameter, right? Yeah. Okay. I had to get that in, right? <laughs> exactly. right. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, man. yeah, uh, we always math every day, but anyway, <laughs> so we also, um, would, we kind of came up with our own metric that we would use and we kind of like calibrated ourselves. So a group of us would all look at some example trees okay. and say, okay, what would you rate the percent of loss of bark on this tree? And okay. after doing several of those, we got very good where everybody in the group was within like say 10% of each other. And so, um, you know, then you could get your group, your team to the point where they can go out to a tree, look at it and say, that's a 50% loss right there. This one is only 20%. This one's only 40%. We, we always worked with multiples of 10. There's no point in going any better right. than that. Sure. Um, but they would gather that data, um, feed it in uh, to a database. And then, of course, we're tagging those trees too. So um, getting coordinates for the trees right. and uh, tags. And so people could go back and revisit those trees over time and say, okay, how about two months later? Um, now what is this tree? It was a 40% before. Maybe it's a 60% now. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a 50% now. And what is it about the location of this tree uh, that might give us some clue as to why certain trees are getting zapped faster than faster. others. Right. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, Jeremy uh, in the chat room. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for being there prior to the seat. Oh yeah. Trees. <laughs> That's cool. Jeremy's my hero right there. Jeremy way to go. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, Jeremy's my hero too, but uh, he's... This is a wide variety of things you've been able to teach to people just yes. using geocaching. So that's, and I know there's, you could talk about them all night. I'm sure you, you've got more things in the notes that we're trying to... Oh, yeah. We're adding the pictures and everything in the notes. Derek's doing that behind the scenes. So people can, we'll run out of time before we run out of topic, obviously, tonight. But um, it, so, because <clears throat> I want to get to this before we before we have to wrap up. Let's say some because we have several teachers listening tonight and even live on the show. So if somebody wanted to do this, you, I'm sure during the summertime, you have quite a wide latitude is what you're allowed to do with those groups. But yes, during the school year, I know you had a club at school, but how was it received at your school when you kind of brought it up that you're going to start using geocaching and doing a club and everything else? Was it received well? And what would a teacher need to do if they wanted to try to bring this into the classroom this coming up year? At my school, Jesse, it was received really well. But I think the biggest reason it was is that, first of all, the kids loved it. And the parents and the administration loved that it was an additional activity that they could offer to kids. And here's the neat thing about it. The kids that generally came out for geocaching club are, they didn't 
overlap a lot with like others. So like if you have a uh, if you have a rugby club at your school, well, there are probably a lot of the guys that are on the football team or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, oh, um, right. the kids that were coming out for geocaching, I had a lot of kids that came out that that was their thing. That's what they did. And they weren't kids that were in something else. I mean, some of them, I have, I had some kids that were, you know, on another team that I coach that would come out because I was the coach of this thing too. Yeah. But, you know, I had plenty of kids that this was my only uh, chance to, to work with them. Mm -hmm. And of course you build relationships with kids that way. So it's a, a real positive thing. So um, I had great, opportunity because I had a very supportive administration to be able to do this. And they were supportive because I was, I think in part because I was willing to take the kids and go and uh, do some crazy nutso stuff with them like that. Um, so uh, that was helpful. I think for, you know, uh, the uh, Virginia teacher who has fourth and fifth graders uh, mm. she'll probably have a little bit different set of challenges than I had. Sure. Um, just because, you know, I mean, she's got to get uh, certain approvals and permissions and stuff like that, that might be a little bit harder for her than mm -hmm. it was for me. But, uh, you know, I mean, it can be done. Yeah. Not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Very Incredible. good. I, I suspect we'll see that more and more as, you know, Kids are coming back to school. A lot of them have been gone for a long time. A lot of them picked up geocaching as, as we've learned yes. over this time. Uh, so they'd be familiar with it. And, you know, not that math isn't cool, so don't get me wrong, but what? how often do you get to do a, uh, a math field trip where they get to apply those lessons in the field, right? That's not a, that's pretty uncommon that you can come up with a field trip to do for a math class at any level and go, Hey, apply the stuff that we talk about in class and they really get to do it in a fun way. I don't know of any other way to do it. I'm sure you do. You're a professional math teacher. Yeah, right? It depends but, on who your teacher is. Um, <laughs> but uh, geocaching is just a great platform for that, for a lot of those things that they can just, they can apply what they learned immediately right there because the teacher set it yes, up. Absolutely. So. The hands-on nature of it. And that's <laughs> what makes it stick. Math yeah. is cool. Uh, Husker Medic there. I didn't you say win. math wasn't cool. Just to be clear before I get all the hate mail from the teachers, yeah, I did well, not say math wasn't cool. That's okay. You know what, Jesse, you got to understand as a math teacher, you know, you're the one who goes to the parties and when they find out that you're a math teacher, they're all like, I oh. hated math. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're already kind of have an inferiority complex, right? But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. Send him to, I would send them to number file, YouTube's number file, and, and that's where math is cool to me. I love watching. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't really great in math in 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 school, but I love watching the number file folks because they go through all these weird things about math that I didn't know about. And uh, but you know, there's. I think the 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 thing that for educators <clears throat> is that. Geocaching, and we, we've we've talked about this before, uh, also on the show. Where, if when you teach geocaching, you can you can hit um, a lot of different aspects of the sport, as I call it a sport, but that will appeal to different kids. And I think that's the beauty of it is that some kids may find the 
the the the math part of it <clears throat> fun, which I think I could see that. But also, mm -hmm. you may see them, you know, once they get in, involved in it, they may they may look at the containers and go, ooh. Um, you know, yeah, they might be art, they might be more on the art side of things. They might enjoy um they might be more art kids that like and they're like, oh well, you know, I wonder what you could do to you know paint up a cat paint up a container, you know. Right. There's there's all or th so there's all these different things that you could, you know, the puzzle side of things maybe appeals to a different different set of kids. So I mean well, yeah, I think that's the neat thing about the fact that you can kind of approach the the topic of geocaching <clears throat> from all these different angles and it really brings in maybe a lot of the person different personalities of kids yeah into the different and the I kind of locations be... you take them to as well i mean mm -hmm. i one year i was blessed to have well i shouldn't say one year one stretch of years i had a group that passed through and they stayed with it for a while but they loved like i love tunnel caches and um, they loved wallowing through mud in tunnel yeah. caches to find a geocache on the sure. other side. And, uh, you know, those kids are now all out in their careers. Uh, one of them is actually a, a doctor down in southern Florida. And she <laughs> uh, still recently asked me, you know, when are we going to go back and do Mononcachunk uh, <laughs> again? But uh, certain geocaches that the Northeasterners will recognize. Right. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like the type of, uh, the type of physical things that you go after there right. is a lot with the kids. It, it, there's so many different parts of that that can be, can appeal to different because mm -hmm. you know, <coughs> kids, you know, as you know, they're, they will all have different, different things that interest them that, that they, they, they so see. many things to interest them nowadays. What's that? We're, we're always battling for kids' interest, right? Yeah, There's, right. They have unlimited things that they can do all day, flashy, shiny things that we didn't grow up with. And mm -hmm. it's hard to keep them interested in the positive things. So anytime you can add something new and, and speak their language, Absolutely. it's a big win. Yeah. Well, we could go, we could, we could go on for many hours, but let's, <laughs> let's wrap up tonight. We'll, we'll cover some more of this another time, Kevin, if we could have you on again. Very good. Um, but yeah, um, let's kind of go around the room, I guess, and let's do some final thoughts, at least on what we've covered tonight. Uh, I'll start and I'll throw it over to Jesse and then Kevin, we'll let you be the final word for tonight. But, uh, uh, you know, thank you again so much, Kevin, for being on and, and being uh, an inspiration to teachers and to geocachers that are out there. Um, it uh, it was very inspirational for me. Just and I appreciate. I'm not. I'm I, I'm not. I'm kind of like Jesse a little bit. I don't really love social networks a lot, but <laughs> I love the positive when there's something positive and uh, an aspect of it on social media. Um, then I love it. And I love uh, following you and, and seeing the different things that you've been doing and the travels you've been doing of late and, and um, the, such the positive uh, aspects that you've been doing and the teaching, you know, uh, being uh, a, a person who always appreciated my teachers. Um, mm. I always champion <coughs> educators. And I, I think that's, more important today than I think it ever has been. Um, but um, it, it's been 
it's been wonderful to hear. And I, I hope that all of our listeners that are in that area, in the educational area, um, would recognize, I think that, um, we're, we're with them. We're championing them. We're on their side and we'll always be, we'll always be champions of the, uh, of the educators that are out there in the world. Thank you. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm pro education. That's my yeah, field too. You're in it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hate it. Uh, yeah. um, but, uh, so we've said many times that geocaching is really a platform for anything else you want to do with it. Whatever your hobby is, you can get into it. Well, that works for education too. Anything you want to teach a kid, you can teach it or an adult. You can teach it through geocaching because it's so wide open. They just give us a platform and then we create whatever we want in it. Um, I really hope like Kevin, you've done it. We've had Dr. Polly on here before. Yeah. And I've talked to other teachers, obviously that where I work, um, some teachers are using geocaching. I know their, their time, their time has to be split between many, many priorities. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see it, whether it's teachers grouping up together and doing it or sharing lesson <laughs> plans. But, you know, as we know, anybody that's been in education before knows it's a constant struggle to, to mm -hmm. get kids attention when they're pulled in so many different directions and they have so many neat things they can do to make education cool, where they actually have fun doing it. They're going to learn if you do, if you can make it to where they are enjoying what they're doing and, and creative and it stands apart, they're going to, they're going to remember that class. That may be the, the class they remember out of their whole K-12 experience. And mm -hmm. uh, I know I speak for Gary because he's not up here now, so I can. Um, <laughs> uh, anything we can do to help any teachers yeah. that need help that are doing that, email us. We'll hook you up with people. Luckily, we get to talk to everybody. Um, any resources we can help you hook up with, we will. Yes. Uh, the more educators that can do this, the more we can keep kids engaged. And hopefully, there'll be just a whole slew of good things that happen because of that, right? Engaged kids do better, cope well, do everything else. So, um, yeah. Let us know what we can do and we will absolutely do it. And, and Kevin, thank you for doing what you've been doing and continuing to do it and kind of getting on here and spreading the word. You did, obviously didn't have to come on the show tonight, but you did anyway. So I want to yeah. definitely thank you for that. Enjoyed it very much. And you know, actually, I really appreciate what both of you said, and Jesse, especially. I mean, you basically said a lot of what I was uh, just about to say, um, <laughs> I, which is fine. I mean, that's great. You said it better. Um, but I guess I'll just uh, add tack on a little bit. And that is that, uh, uh, you know, the part about being able to teach everything. That means that geocaching now is your tool. Mm -hmm. Not just your hobby, but can be a tool, a fun tool to be able to communicate uh, with kids, with families, uh, continuing education, right. things that you want them to learn by letting them get hands on. But it starts with you. If you're going to create a, a neat lesson, a neat activity, a neat geocache or that sort of thing, you've got to be self-reflective and think about why do you love what you love? That sort of thing. And, uh, you know, those who know me know that like pretty much every log I write ends with, we all use math every day. And, uh, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's a motto, it's a mantra, yeah. but it's, it's, it's truth. It's the way of life. And it's it like, you know, if you can't be a good math teacher, if you don't believe really believe that we all use math every day, that it has utility and it has value. And, uh, you know, now use geocaching to get that across. Let them experience, let them see math, let them see 
not just math. Let them see whatever it is that you're trying to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. Geocaching gives you a tool that you can let them get hands on. And, you know, if you get them, if you get yourself out of the way and let them be hands on with learning something, you can teach them just about anything you want. Wow. That's awesome. That's great. Well, there you go. That's perfect. Thanks everybody for being with us tonight. And um, thank you again, Kevin. And uh, we'll wrap up tonight. We'll see everybody uh, Tuesday night puzzle talk. And then next week, big announcement. So don't miss next week at all because giant vat of beans is going to be spilled. <laughs> so good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks, guys. You bet. Finds be many and your DNFs be few. May the terrain and may your finds be many and your DNFs be few. Terrain and difficulty both be less than two. And whatever it is you're looking for, may it find its way to you. And may we all meet again. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or Spotify, as well as at the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved with us in the chat room. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go geocaching.